The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. Gordon, I'm uh, eager to get Sam's thoughts on the Big old trade yesterday. And nobody's been closer to that than he has, I don't think. Or few have. He's been all over that uh, that Harden-Houston thing. He has. He's done a lot of in-depth uh, reporting on Houston for, for a few years. So he's he's pretty dialed into that situation and, and James Harden. And I'm, I'm curious uh, to hear if he thinks it's going to work. I mean, there's any number of things to talk to him about. But uh, isn't that the big question everybody's asking? Yeah, I think so, and uh, there seems to be a real divide on it. Some people are love it, and some people eh, really wonder what the heck how it's going to turn out. So, but all of yeah. us are going to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose I can expect what you guys were talking about yesterday—that it is uh, an interesting story to follow. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to follow. You know, one thing uh, that we haven't talked a ton about it, but uh, by moving Jarrett Allen, who by the way had a wonderful game against the Jazz. Sure did. They they have a really bad front court. I don't think I I think defense is going to be a serious issue for the Nets. I really do. You don't think uh, DeAndre Jordan is up to the task at hand? Uh, well, maybe back in 1988 when he was in his prime. <laughs> yeah, he seems to have dropped off a little bit. Come He's, on, I heard Jeff Green can play the four. <laughs> yeah, that's their that's their second big. That's yeah. like their only other big. That and really he's got, barely a big. And that really got my attention for all the reasons you already talked about. Jared Allen played great. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at Jeff Green out there running around and saying, Jeff Green's still hanging around, huh? Yeah, playing backup big for the Nets. Well, now he's going to play a, uh, a substantial role. Well, I shouldn't forget about uh, Reggie Perry, who's also on the roster at the <laughs> 6'8", 250-pound big from Mississippi State. Yeah, but I guess you could make the argument with the kind of talent that the Nets have, do they? Uh, they'll get by just fine. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't they've think got, they'll get by just fine. They've got such offensive fine. talent, they're not going to worry about offensive rebounds, and so can the other team outscore them. In the playoffs, I, that traditionally has not worked. you got to get stops in the playoffs. You've been watching a lot of playoff basketball for for your career, Gordo. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty constant. When Even was those, the last team that won it all that couldn't get stops? Yeah. Even those great warrior teams played good defense. Oh, great so, defense! Yeah. Uh, that even that might be a, an understatement. And with Draymond Green giving them the flexibility to switch every screen, mm-hmm. I mean they were they were amazing defensively. Absolutely, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah, I, because sometimes no matter how much talent you have, somebody has only one person can shoot the ball at a time, and it either goes in or it goes out. And if it goes out, then. Uh, you got my, my my point is that you got to stop people, just like you said, mm-hmm. uh, especially in in that kind of basketball where every possession is so important. All right, let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. 
on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to The Zone phone we go from The Athletic. He's our friend, Sam Amick. What's up, Sam? What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, it's going great. Um, you know, you got to love sports radio. When a big trade goes down in the NBA, it gives you uh, endless uh, discussion opportunities. So uh, let's let's just start out with your thought on on how everything went down and uh, what uh, eventually led to James Harden being moved. Yeah, I mean, another crazy superstar saga in the NBA. You know, we've seen Jimmy Butler last couple of years, Anthony Davis. You know, situations where guys decide uh, they're not happy and they want to move. And, and the Harden one is one that I definitely didn't see coming. If you go back to last season, this is a guy that had talked pretty recently about wanting to retire with the Rockets and was kind of, you know, the guy in town. This was his city. And uh, Mike D'Antoni leaves after they lose in the bubble. Daryl Morey leaves and James, uh, you know, one, um, Russell Westbrook leaves or left him out. But, I mean, it, it all happened quickly from there. Um, as far as the trade itself, I'm a little surprised that he gets where he wanted to go, you know, but I, I guess I mostly understand that Houston uh, wanted all these draft picks and all the assets that they had lost and, and the, uh, the the Westbrook trade and things like that, and they get a look at Victor Oladipo. So a lot of angles to it. Um, you know, the Brooklyn chapter of the, a part of it is obviously the most compelling. I mean, I'm just dying to see, you know, is it going to be the three stars that find a way to make it work and win the whole damn thing? Or is it going to be that we learn that it's a team game beyond three stars and, and the lack of depth and, and maybe chemistry conflict that seems very possible or plausible uh, might nip them uh, in the bud in the end? You know, I, I'm, it's fascinating. We want to talk about what's going on with the Nets, but uh, going back to Houston, was there what was the straw that broke the back, Sam? What, what what happened where it snapped and James Harden said, "That's it, I'm gone." I mean, I think honestly, it, it's mostly what we thought it was all along, which is that I think Tillman Fertitta, um, the Rockets owner, missed managed the Mike D'Antoni situation and underestimated the degree to which James liked playing for Mike, wanted to play for Mike. I mean, they built an entire system around James's talent. And, you know, so, so they, they didn't get an extension done with Mike uh, last year. And then there was a small chance even after the Rockets lost to the Lakers in the bubble that Mike would return. And, you know, Tillman kind of botched that where and we wrote about that at the time where, you know, D'Antoni was hoping to hear from him over the phone after they lost in the playoffs and then was kind of insulted because he never called him that night, didn't call him the next morning. And the next thing you know, Mike says, all right, forget it. I'm out of here. So Mike leaves and then former Rockets GM Daryl Morey leaves not that long after. And if you're hardened, it's like, man, we had built this whole thing. And now, you know, the, the guys who I did it with are gone. And, and meanwhile, you know, Russell Westbrook had decided that, that he, didn't, he didn't like the way it went, and he was looking for a change of scenery. So it, it's kind of a domino effect. And, and James, you know, it's funny because for all the money James makes, one element, you know, you see D'Antoni choose to leave, Maury choose to leave. You know, James didn't have control of his own future. He's got to wait and see if the team is going to be willing to find a, a trade for him. And so – during that time, it gets pretty uncomfortable, and you guys know what happened within all that. But uh, you know, eventually, he gets where he wanted to go. So, I guess the big question is, Sam, do you think this is going to work? Um, 
I don't know. Top of mind, I'm going to say no. I mean, I think they're going to win a lot of games. Um, Kevin Durant's the guy that I have the far and away the most confidence in. And because I've seen him, even though it might not have ended perfectly with the Warriors and there were, you know, there were issues at the end, I've seen him, you know, be a finals MVP twice and, and be the best version of himself within a context that had other future Hall of Famers. And so we know Kevin can do it. And, you know, Kyrie, in terms of unpredictability, is obviously in a class all by himself right now. And then with James, it's like, you know, James has been part of a, a deeper team where he had to yield and sacrifice. And, but that was during the OKC days. That was a long time ago. So I don't know if James can evolve and, and kind of adjust. Um, so, you know, the, the smart money is on the field. So I, I probably would go against the Nets winning the whole thing. I mean, they lose rim protection with Jared Allen leaving. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is not the guy that he was in a Clippers jersey. And uh, there's, there's a lot of question marks. Now, offensively, you know, they're going to be pretty dangerous. But uh, defensively, that's the question. And, you know, I'm, I'm, they're going to be a good team. I just don't necessarily think I'm willing to say they're going to win the whole thing. It's like you said, Sam, there's a lot of spackling to go on in those gaps now between the superstars, you know. I mean, and I and I don't know how that's going to work, but I guess that's why we're all going to watch. What does all this mean for Houston now? What do they do with all these picks? And and what, what do you make of their prospects uh, now and as the next season or two goes by? It's funny. I've been, I've been kind of fielding opinions during the day and – some people that definitely know what they're doing, you know, really like Houston's deal. Others are skeptical about the value of the draft assets that they got. I mean, it, it all depends on, you know, the question that you guys just asked, is Brooklyn going to get the job done? Because it's almost as if the Rockets are, are sending a message by doing this trade that they do not believe James Harden can go be a championship contender in Brooklyn because they need – the Nets to fail really miserably over the course of the next, you know, four or five, six years, whatever it is with all these picks in order for them to maximize the assets. And because um, if, the, if the Nets are really good and if all these guys resign when their contracts are up in a couple of years and keep it going, then all they got for James Harden, a former MVP, was a bunch of late first round picks and, and pick swaps that don't, don't matter all that much. And then, Victor Oladipo, who's a free agent this summer, and you know who knows if they resign him. So um, that that part's up in the air, and, and it's again what Brooklyn does and who they are is what is going to be the X factor. Sam, I, I bring this up realizing that it's delicate to talk about a player who's missing games because of personal issues because, you know, we don't know what those issues are and, and they could be a variety of things and, and you don't want to go too far with it. But we do know that Sean Mark said yesterday that the franchise is disappointed that Kyrie Irving is, is not with the team. Give us your read on this situation and, and what's going on with him. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's strange only because a player – being away is not unprecedented, but what you're not hearing is, you know, Sean Mark said today that they were disappointed. I, I watched his press conference and, but they're, to my knowledge, they're not finding him. They're not taking any pay away. Um, they're just letting him be away. And they're also admitting that they don't know when he's coming back. And that's just not normal. And, you know, it speaks a lot to, you know, during this player empowerment era that, a guy like Kyrie could just say, 
you know, I'll let you know when I'm coming back and, and have it not create a ton of chaos because it really doesn't appear to be creating, you know, creating a ton of chaos internally for the Nets right now. Um, you know, some people think for sure that that situation added the kind of pressure that led them to get more desperate. And the desperation is, is when you, for an executive, that you've got to smell that blood and, and find desperate teams. And then that's what the Rockets feel like they did here. Um, but it is bizarre. And now if you're Kyrie, whenever he comes back, it's going to be wild because it's like, hey, buddy, welcome back. Um, the seat over there for the third option is vacant. So you can take that seat, even though you thought, you know, this was your production because, you know, let, let's be honest, he kind of recruited Kevin Durant to go with him to Brooklyn. And and now you got a guy in James Harden who is uh, just as ball dominant as Kyrie is. And, and it's going to be tricky for all three of those guys to kind of to feel like they are able to play like the best version of themselves, you know, with the kind of talent around them that they have. That whole story back there, Sam, is uh, it is it's compelling theater, uh, and I, I can't wait to see how it turns out. But in the meantime, we turn our attention to the West, and yeah, the Lakers are the best team in the West, in my opinion. I mean, they lead now, and they'll probably lead at the end. But what normally is not all that interesting, I think, is really compelling this time around. Who's going to finish second? Who's going to finish third? There are five teams with. Similar, the exact same number of losses at this point, all of them battling for next best to the Lakers. How do you think this is going to turn out? No, I mean, I'm with you. I, you know, the Clippers certainly, I think, still get that kind of 1A, 1B spot. Um, you know, Denver has struggled. Portland struggled. You know, Utah's played pretty well. Um, you know, kudos to them for, in this pandemic era, not very easy to, to get through a road trip without any postponed games, you know, and then also winning quite a few. And, you know, it seems like they've mostly found their way. And so it's, you know, it's loaded in the West. And even the Warriors, you know, it's, you know, we thought they were in the bottom tier. And now you start wondering, like, oh, maybe they're in the third tier. Maybe they are a playoff team. And, you know, they've had some good wins lately. So it'll be fun. And my favorite tweet of the day which kind of speaks to uh, the West and the Lakers. Uh, LeBron retweeted a guy who had done a reenactment of uh, pretending he was LeBron at practice with the Lakers when they got news of the James Harden trade. And he went on this rant screaming about how I'm 36 years old and basically why do these other teams need to keep stacking up against me? You know, I had to beat the Warriors. And, and he calls Kyrie on the cell phone. And he's like, Kyrie, why, why do you need two guys to beat me? And so, like, LeBron is, is trying to hold on to this territory that he carved out again by winning his fifth championship last year. Um, and, you know, that's that's who's on top right now. And I think uh, the tricky part is just like, man, what's it going to look like the next couple months getting to the playoffs? You know, we're going to talk every week, guys, about, you know, who's on top, who's on bottom, but it's never been harder to really know who really is on top and on bottom because of, the virus and because of the impact it's having on uh, the, the game itself and players being in and out every night and games getting postponed, you know, it, it's not a real true representation of, of what these different teams might have. 
Sam, uh, tomorrow night here at the arena, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be in town. And I've got to admit, I'm, I'm excited to see the Hawks uh, uh, closely because Trey Young is certainly an exciting player, but they've got all these offensive weapons. What are, what's your take on the Hawks and uh, as they tried to build their way up in the East? Yeah, I mean, super talented team. You know, injury bug hit them early. Uh, Danilo Gallinari and Chris Dunn and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who they, they kind of had an update today that, that he's looking a little better than they thought. You know, I'm being told he'll be back this season, but I think it's going to probably be a few months. Um, so within that, they get off to a 4-1 and one start. They look pretty good. You know, but we wrote last week uh, about some of the internal issues they were going through. John Collins, in particular, had spoken up in a film session about uh, Trey Young and about the way he's running the team and just kind of you know chemistry stuff. And and uh, I think it's going to be challenging for Lloyd Pierce to the coach to make the most of it and, and honestly hold on to his job. I think he's on the hot seat for sure. And uh, you know they've got potential, but they have pressure too. Their owner Tony Ressler, you know, is definitely looking at this season like this is a playoff team and. Anything shy of that, like, heads are going to roll. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Hawks. You mentioned the Jazz earlier, Sam, and our listeners love to hear what someone such as yourself who sits on such a lofty perch uh, in covering the NBA. Oh, stop it, Gordon. <laughs> what, you, what you think, I, I really mean that, by the way, but uh, what you think of the Jazz and whether you think, and we ask you this all the time, but does this team have the potential to do Something beyond the expected. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, I've, I've said countless times that you know I really like the you know the Donovan Rudy Gobert combo, and the idea that they, they you know they they ran it back with that group by giving them both extensions, or with that duo rather, and from there it's like they have things in their corner now that were not in their corner. In the bubble, you know, they have Boyan Bogdanovich, they have Mike Conley, um, and, you know, you got Joe Ingles still doing what he does and being a glue guy, and a playmaker and a locker room guy who, who's got leadership qualities. So, you know, and, and Jordan Clarkson. So I, I think that the potential is there, the continuity is there, and it's just a matter of, you know, is it one of those teams that we're going to overlook like we always do, but then we, we find out that, after going through March 11th together and all the COVID crisis where their team was front and center and folks thinking that they didn't have a chance to keep it together, you know, did they grow internally in the kind of way that, that maybe we don't really see until it's playoff time again. And then, you know, within all that, I think it's Donovan elevating his game again. You know, he's this is a star league. I mean, if you even just go back to the Nets, like you say what you will about Brooklyn, they have three future Hall of Famers, and two former MVPs, you know, and two champions within that three. And uh, teams like the Jazz and most others can't compete with that on a star level. So Donovan is going to be the guy who's got to continue to to try to, you know, to, you know, can you be a top 15 guy? Can you be a top 10 guy? And, and that's what he's got to be pushing for. What do you think about how well Gordon Hayward's played for the Hornets so far? It's been good to see. Um you know, a lot of chatter when Charlotte gave him $120 million that he wasn't worth it. You know, I was a little, um, at the time, surprised because, you know, they weren't the only team willing to pay him a lot of money. The Hawks had about $100 million out for him. And, you know, and so that kind of sent a message to me that 
you know, people thought that his injuries the last couple of years, like it's, it's really easy to, to have a narrative around you that you're injury prone and your best days are behind you. But, you know, he had the foot and then he had the knee and stuff was unrelated. And the, the general consensus for some teams going into free agency was that he was going to be fine. Um, so, so far, I mean, it, it looks like that's the case. And he's, ironically, he's out again tonight with an injury. But, um, you know, I, I get the move. You know, Charlotte's a market where they're never going to get big stars unless they trade for them or, you know, or overpay them. And that's obviously what they felt like they had to do. Sam, earlier you were talking about Jordan Clarkson. I have a question about him. You know, he has really been playing well, and the degree of difficulty on his shots are sometimes remarkable, and he's shooting 50%, and he's scoring over 17 points a game. Could he be sixth man of the year? Yeah, he could be in the running for sure. Um, You know, I feel like the voters, we we probably have some voter fatigue on – you know, Lou Williams and guys like that. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder starting now is, is a, takes him out of the running. You know, Montrose Harrell, maybe he gets a look from the Lakers. But, yeah, I think Jordan for sure is a guy that, that could be in the running. If the Rockets get going, you know, you look at a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, you know, who's been coming off the bench, you know, maybe he could be a candidate. But I don't see any reason why Jordan couldn't be in that race. Sam, thank you very much as always. We appreciate it. Catch you next week. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. Back at you, Sam. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's our friend Sam Amick. Uh, of course, catch all his work uh, at The Athletic. Yeah. I, I love hearing Sam talk about the Jazz because you, you and I see this team all the time. Sam is sort of taking the macro approach to the league, and he, obviously he's been very involved in reporting on what's happening in Houston and now Brooklyn. But uh, I'd like to hear what he has to say about the Jazz and whether he thinks they have a shot, you know. I mean, Jazz fans like to think that, but uh, I get the feeling from some Jazz fans, well, I kind of believe it when we see it, you know. They They want to jump on that bandwagon, but they're not really sure. And the Jazz have a lot to prove still, but it seems like Sam is uh, open-minded about what the Jazz might be able to accomplish. Yeah, they need to prove that they can take it to the next level for sure. I mean, they're a yeah. good team. We've known they're, they've been a good team for a couple of years. You know, we've, we've seen the 4-5 seed thing uh, a few times, you know, and they've uh-huh. got to prove that they can take it to the next level. I, I thought they could have finished as high as second last year, Gordon, as we were going into that year, and maybe – you know, we uh, or me or whatever had a little bit too lofty of expectation for that particular version of the Jazz. But I, I believe that next step is there. And, and I'm sure, yeah. you know, they would tell you they're progressing toward it. And, and I would believe that. I, I, think, I think this team deserves a chance to, to show that it can get better. Uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell needs to smooth his ride a little bit. And the Jazz as a whole need to do that. But I think they key off of him. And if he's able to do that and truly be a consistent star, then I think the Jazz will be all right. If they played Washington last night, they'd be tied for second in the in the West with the Clippers because they would have won that game, and they'd be eight and four. Instead, they're seven and four, and the Clippers are eight and four. But they're they are right there, you know. I mean, and and from what we've seen out of them, I think that you and I, who both look at this team with something of a critical lie, I hope we do. 
we have we have seen that they can do better. They can play better than what we've seen thus far. And they're already just shy, uh, a whisker shy of being in second place in the West. They can get better. They're not the only ones. I mean, I I think the Nuggets can get much better, and, and maybe others can as well. But certainly the Jazz can play better than what we've seen out of them so far. I don't know if they can play better than they played against Milwaukee, honestly. Well, that was one game. Yeah, I got you. But, well, I mean, yeah. we've seen them play a few of those games, but I don't, I don't know if it could get much better than that. I mean, they were so good in that game. The two games, I mean, it was it was what was it, it was the first game and Portland, then the, yeah. yeah, the game against the Bucks. That's the, that's the pinnacle so far. But they, that the win Bucks. against the Clippers was pretty good. I don't know yeah, if they played as well as they did in those other two games, but that was that was. You said a few, game. and yeah, that's three. So I I, I agree with that. Uh, but the games that they have not taken advantage of, they did not look uh, like what we would expect them to look like, and that's what I'm talking about. If they can smooth the ride and. And I, do you agree with me? That really does key off of Donovan Mitchell, I think. He has not been particularly efficient. He has on some occasions. But I think he can be more efficient than what we've seen. I don't have his stats in front of me right now. I don't know what he's shooting. But isn't it uh, down around 40% or something like that, or maybe just north of it? And I think he, he can be more efficient than that. And we saw what he did in the bubble. And I don't expect 50 points a game. But I certainly think he's capable of, of all, not that all, all that uncommon for him to score at least 30 points a game. And he hasn't really done that uh, on the reg this year uh, so far, but I think he can. Didn't you uh, just Google something like a segment ago? Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't Google that. He's currently shooting 41.7%. I've always Googled. I knew it was around 40% because I Googled it the other day, and he's only played one game since. He had a nice game, but uh, so he's up one percentage point. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. on to the big show presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 in 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We've got the Not Sports Report coming up at 4.50, so make sure and stay tuned for that. Tim Lacombe will be on the show at uh, 5 o'clock. Should we do our NFL picks with Tim today? Yeah, we got it. If you, if you want to. Yeah, yeah well, uh, so we'll... Can't we'll, do any worse than last time. We'll even talk a little NFL with Tim Lacombe uh, coming up at 5 o'clock. So stay tuned for that. Uh, by the way, just real quick, we do have a college basketball game going on right now, Gordon. And Utah is hammering Stanford 51-36 to with uh, 11.23 left to go in the game. So we've seen them in recent games uh, blow some leads, but uh, I would be surprised if they blew this one that late into the game. Yeah, it's been uh, sort of up and down for the Utes, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's a nice uh, nice lead uh, to hang on to this time. 
Stanford's four and one in league too. Uh, Utah yeah. one and four, so that might be a might be a decent win for the Utes, who have kind of tried to start playing better recently, but haven't really gotten over the hump. So this would be no, they uh, this would be a good win for them. Uh, Gordon, of course, we've talked a lot about the James Harden Kyrie Irving trade uh, today. Is it's huge news, and of course, it broke during the show yesterday. Uh, Charles Barkley weighed in on it uh, this morning, <laughs> Gordon, and uh, I want to uh, get your thoughts on what he had to say. Uh, I'll just read it. He said, quote, I think it's what KD wanted to do. I think he wanted Kyrie. Now I think he realizes, yeah, this is not going to work. I better bring James in as an insurance policy. Clearly, KD is running the organization. I think this was about what he wanted. That's interesting that we've, we've talked about how it's a it's a player driven league. But for a guy to be able to request that and then get his request, uh, it speaks to who really does have the power. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, this is Charles speculating. I don't think he's, he's probably breaking any news. But it, do you think, do you think, but that thought did that. cross my mind. I, I've got do, to admit do, when I saw that. Do you think that Kyrie is really done? Or didn't I read somewhere where he's committed to making it work, uh, that he really does want to make it work? And uh, that, that is a big, big question mark. If Kyrie really wants to uh, do what's necessary to make space and room and create a kind of team condition that's conducive to winning, then I, I uh, if he's willing to do that, I mean, it's a huge if, and I don't know if he is, but maybe he is. Well, he could start by showing up. That would probably be <laughs> that would probably be step hey, one. But, hey, but Jake, oh, Jake, you don't know what's troubling him. You don't know what's on his mind. Well, it's bothering the Nets, but yeah, I don't know what's on his mind. I just know <laughs> they that know more the Nets than we are, do, <laughs> and they're disappointed. So, you yeah. know, we can we can take that cue. But it, you know, it's it's one thing for those players to say it and to even even to legitimately want it. It's another thing to do it and live with doing it. Right. And, and I don't know if either one of those players, particularly James Harden, I think he's the one who actually has to adjust how he plays the most. He is able to deliver assists. He's done that throughout his career. And and so it's just a matter of whether he wants to. But when you have that kind of talent around you, wouldn't you be more willing or likely to do it? Um, I don't know. I, that's the ultimate question. And be careful, and we've had this discussion before, be careful with the assists, you equating that to unselfishness. Because I don't think the way James Harden gets assists is necessarily him being an unselfish player. And that exactly that, that style is what I think will not fly with this Brooklyn team. So will he do, will he change his game to fit in? I, I don't know. I, I would guess he doesn't want to, but I, but you can't, he's not going to be able to dribble the ball for 22 seconds and uh, at the last second, throw it to Kevin Durant for, for him to make a shot. I mean, KD doesn't want to play that way. Well, I, I would guess. I don't want to speak for him, I suppose, but well, that, it would know. not seem like that that would be ideal in his mind. My point was more that he's capable of passing. You know, I, I don't know how willing he is. And, and Stockton used to handle the ball for large shares of uh, possessions, and he wasn't selfish. Okay. Well, I think the way that John Stockton and James Harden played the game is is certainly different. Well, it but is. I guess but I get they what still you're they, they both they both controlled the ball a lot. Okay, I, I, and that's not my preferred way of watching it, having basketball played. And when you've got the kind of talent that uh, they have on that team offensively, uh, I'm, I agree with you. I'm not sure that's in the best interest. 
And I don't know what James Harden's mindset is. That, that's why it's going to be so interesting to watch at first. And I think you brought up a really good point earlier, Jake, when you said you wouldn't be surprised to see some degree of unselfishness early on. Check back two months from now. Yeah. But I, I really find it intriguing, like, if, if Charles Barkley, what he's saying is what actually happened, because how interesting is that? That Kevin Durant got a taste of playing with Kyrie Irving and thought, you know what? Mm, I don't know <laughs> if this is going to be for me. So I better encourage the franchise to go get a different running mate for me. If that's true, I mean, that's, that's really juicy, first of all. But, I yeah. mean, if that's, that's true, then what, a, what does that mean for the future of Kyrie? Because in the, if that's the case, then they're not even going to try to make, mix him in to be a big three. And that uh, whose production is going to get uh, a bite taken out of it, it might all come from Kyrie Irving. And wouldn't that be fascinating to watch? Yeah, and I... <laughs> What a waste. If that is true, it's a total waste of talent that this guy has. And, and I want to believe that he'll be willing to be molded a little bit here because he is in a situation now where everybody needs to mold a little bit. Everybody needs to give a little bit. And it'll uh, here's the irony of the whole thing. It'll, it'll end up benefiting everybody involved if they do that. But I know what you're going to say, and that is that, ha, huh, yeah, show me, you know, show me how that's going to be. And, and I, I really don't know. Uh, Kyrie is just so hard to predict. Uh, this is if Kevin Durant is is looking at Kyrie Irving and going, uh, this this isn't going to work. Well, that's exactly what happened in Boston. How, how many how many more teams are going to want this guy? Well, I mean, he can do what Gordon Hayward did and uh, go be a one man show on a bad team. But yeah, is that, is I that what you. he wants? I, I mean, I, I this gets back to what we talked about the other day, and that is, if I'm a player at at his juncture in his career, I would want to win, and I've got a lot of money, I've got more money coming on the reg, and now I can win championships, uh, and all I got to do is maybe okay, I score three or four points less a game. Is that really that big a sacrifice? Well, I mean, you. Chris Bosh made that sacrifice when uh, when he played with Dwayne Wade and with uh, LeBron James. And he went from being considered one of the very best players in the league to a guy who's maybe going to make the All-Star team. Well, I think the exact opposite would take place here. People would take note that, uh, that Kyrie Irving is uh, not a ball hog, not uh, mercurial or out of control. or He, he, could, he could actually increases value and his reputation by playing along here a little bit. All right. It has become uh, officially official, officially official. Uh, Urban Meyer is the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just, uh, they just tweeted that out. So, yep. That's, uh, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch because I'm telling you, he's a smart man who knows how to coach football. I know it's a different level, and I know he has to get good coordinators in place, and I know he's made some mistakes along the way, uh, and, and I know he has to temper his expectation for winning, his addiction to winning, and make those proper adjustments to be able to withstand the onslaught of the NFL, and he needs to take care of his health. There's a whole lot of things that need to happen, but is he capable can he be an effective NFL head coach? I think he can, but it depends It depends on the way he approaches it, I think. He's smart enough to do it. How many coordinators will get punched in the face this year? <laughs> I 
was a long time ago, Jake. Come on. Yeah, but he's going to lose 10 games at least. Yeah, he's got to weather that storm early on. And uh, I, I, I think his health uh, has been somewhat uh, controlled. He, he's monitored it closely with that, uh, what was it? It was a, 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 an arachnoid cyst on his brain or something, and he would get headaches and whatnot. He, he knows how to handle that now. He's, he had that surgery like six months, six years ago. Uh, so now he just has to approach this game, this challenge, in a way that uh, he's smart in his delegation and that he uh, really does become the CEO of the company and hire good people and let them do their jobs. Not Sports Board coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone it is that time of day time for the not sports report brought to you by the lhm used car supermarket over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory shop online lhm used this sounds like it's from a bad 80s sitcom oh this is a good song i like this song a little 80s sitcom i could see that sure Little who's the bossish? You know what? Charles in charge was my favorite '80s sitcom theme. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. Just because it was fun to sing. Yeah, had a nice. You know, he's in charge of the, our days and our nights. Bob Loblaw's start in television and our wrongs and our rights. Not his start though, because he replaced. Oh, uh, he was Chachi. He replaced Henry Winkler on uh, what's that show, Gordon? Uh, Happy Days. I believe so. Yeah. Do you which what's the best song ever connected with any show? The DuckTales theme. <laughs> Here we go. That's Sometimes. amazing times. Oh wait, that's Chippendale. That's the Rescue Rangers, yeah. But who doesn't hear, you know, DuckTales and then go, Woo? <laughs> uh <laughs> I I I think we had this conversation once before, and Jake, I I'm gonna stick with the theme to Hill Street Blues. Do you have that, Austin? I know no. you're really quick with these to pull up these uh, theme song for Hill Street Blues. I, I need, oh, I do I need, have it. Wow. Okay, I, serious answer for me. Wait, wait. Let's let's give this a listen to. It's like a hard hitting cop show, isn't it? It is, but here's a little piano sonata for you. No, no. There's just there's just a lot of kind of. No, wait, 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 just hold on a second. No. Sounds like uh, the like the, it sounds like those little Casio, you know, when you set it to the horn setting on the little Casio keyboards. Now I'm a fan of the one shining moment, but it sounds like that. It does sound like that. Too sweet for you, huh? Yeah, this especially is, for a hard hitting cup. Yeah, show. I know. I can't come along with. I you know that, but that was the that was the that was the irony of it. Huh. You know, they were going for uh, irony in a TV theme. I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. I just liked it. All right. Uh, uh, my, hold things. on. My answer. Uh, my serious answer. Oh, oh, the okay. guitar riff in Magnum P.I.'s theme is is pretty amazing. <laughs> right? I mean, that that was – who doesn't uh, uh, groove a little bit when – yeah, like, come on. Yeah. 
This is the theme right here. And you can picture the helicopter right going along the beach or whatever. And Yeah. I like the Matlock theme. Okay. Well, how's that go? All right. Uh, okay, Gordon, not sports report time. What are we doing? Okay, t- two things I have here for First one is... Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, have you ever... Have you ever seen a video of yourself sleeping? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't saw, live with serial killer. No, I saw a woman online who saw, was watching a video of her sleeping that I, I guess her husband had taken, and she was having a hard time accepting what she looked like when she was asleep. Uh, I, I'm afraid we might look kind of funny. Wait, I'm with Austin here. This this woman is married to a serial killer for sure. <laughs> Who just who sits there and films somebody sleeping? I don't know, just so they could so you could show with the other person what they look like. That is creepy. That's very yeah, very wrong. That is creepy. That this was sleeping is not this woman's number one problem. Finding a good divorce attorney <laughs> is is number one on her list. If you're at a sleep study place, okay, maybe, maybe. yeah. But but uh, hey, dear, I was videoing you <laughs> sleeping last night. Let's review no, the film. Well, yeah. Maybe. yeah. <laughs> Maybe they made an agreement beforehand. Hey, honey, I'm gonna I'm gonna video you sleeping so you know what you look like. No, you're not, and get out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm changing the locks today. <laughs> she should enter that contest or that free giveaway yeah. on the divorce. She thing needs she win. Di- yeah, she needs a she needs a free divorce for sure. <laughs> All right, do you think guess what I, mean- I did last night, dear? <laughs> Filmed you sleeping. My turn to pick the movie. I've got a surprise for you. Pick, picture your own self sleeping. Do you think that would be a pretty picture? I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I have this. I love these kinds of stories, and I know you guys are going to laugh at me for it. But uh, a uh, a man in Honolulu just turned 101. His name is uh, Dr. James Chow, and he, you know, he spent his 101st birthday. This is how he celebrated his birthday, by going to work out at the local fitness center. That's lame. And looking at him, man, he looks like he's in terrific shape. And he said he's been doing this for years he arrived in he was initially from china i believe and he moved to honolulu in 1956 that was 64 years ago tell you what if i make it to 101 and i'm celebrating that birthday i ain't working out no (laughs) yeah no i'm doing something i'm doing something more special but here's the thing about working out it's not you know he may not be working out just to uh, to uh, you know increase his muscle mass or his endurance. He may it may make him feel good because a lot of people when they work out after they're done they they feel a certain high. Jake's just well, saying it doesn't make Jake feel good. Yeah. To do that. Uh, well, great. Work out the other 364 days of the year. Uh, <laughs> your birthday, uh, your 101st birthday, is for finally finding out if you can drink an entire keg of beer. <laughs> What do you got to lose? <laughs> You're right. That's what I'm saying. But 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 it makes him feel good. He feels better after he works out. So he works out and then drinks the keg of beer. He's in Hawaii too. Like maybe if he was in like yeah. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, in a basement. Yeah. You're in Hawaii, James. Nothing wrong with Cherry Hill. 
It's not uh, Cherry Hill. What the the water park? Uh, no, there's a in, city in New Jersey. Uh, no, the, isn't uh, there a water park in yeah. like in Farmington or something yeah, called it's Cherry in Hill? Heights, yeah. Oh, Heights. Really? yeah. Oh, is it? Pirates Cove and uh, Cardiac Canyon and all that. I've never been oh, there. For, oh, first it's a grand time. Is it? First no, of all, they tore down the batting cage. Not, none of us are going to make a hundred and one. But if we did, I don't know. You might. I mean, you guys no. might. No. I didn't think I'd make it to thirty-one. <laughs> well, if we if we ever do, I wonder how we're gonna how we would suspend, how we would celebrate that. Just probably just sitting down. Not working out, I'll tell you that. All right, stay tuned. We've got Tim Lacombe coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.